I'm having a hard time believing that Christmas is only two weeks away. Where is this year of 2022 gone? But I want to share some thoughts today, and some of it may give you some incredible hope in these difficult times. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I have a lot of things I want to talk about on today's program. Some things in our news and in our culture that need to be discussed for a few minutes. And also, I want to take you back in time a little bit to remember some some Advents and Christmases from the past. I was thinking just a little while ago, hard to believe 55 to 60 years ago, where has the time gone when I'd be preparing, practicing in a choir for the Christmas services? I can remember being with a group of adults going out right before Christmas in the evening, caroling at nursing homes and people that were shut-ins. And if you're old enough like I am, you remember the Sears wish book. Young children love to look at the toys section of the Sears wish book and dream about the gifts they would love to see under the tree. And even in spite of all the turmoil of the 1950s and 1960s and even into the 1970s, Christmas was a time we could step away from the world and really step away. Today's 24-7 news cycles, social media, anger, and I really think there's an evil in our world today unprecedented and unstopped that we haven't seen in quite a long time. And all of these things add up to make the world we live in today a little bit more difficult than even in times past. But what is going on in the world today is not all that different than other times in history. This is called the third Sunday in Advent this weekend. And there's some things about this particular day as we are looking forward to Christmas, the readings that were assigned and and often used in church settings over the centuries, a lot of people don't realize that the readings that are chosen at this time to be shared in churches have a twofold message. One to remind us of the historical birth of Jesus Christ predicted in the Old Testament and how the prophecies were fulfilled. And the other is to strongly remind us that Jesus will come again in majesty and glory. And I think the world has lost sight of that part. In one of the readings that are assigned normally for this third Sunday in Advent, comes out of the book of Matthew chapter 11 and begins at verse 2. Now remember John the Baptist, he was out there at the river Jordan, baptizing people, preparing the way of the Lord. He lived out there literally calling the world to repentance and the world was laughing at him. Many were laughing at him. Many were fearful of him. But some heard the message. And John eventually was imprisoned because of what he was doing. And when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, this is what it says in Matthew, he sent two of his disciples unto him, unto Christ, and said to him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered 
and said unto them, Go and show John again these things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Today we live in a a very sin-sick world. No doubt in my mind about it. Not not that it wasn't sinful before. Believe me that it, it was. But there's something to me a little different. It feels different than even 25, 30, 45, 50 years ago. There is a difference today. And I believe that, of course, every day that goes by, we get closer to his second coming. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But I'm also seeing something else occurring that that I find deeply troubling in these nations where the gospel had been preached, where people had lived the Christian life, it's changing. The Bible talks about a great falling away of the faith. And we have false and phony prophets and teachers out there that are teaching some really weird stuff. On one hand, you have formerly what I would call solid Bible-believing church bodies that have walked away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ and made it a mockery. These churches, instead of preaching and teaching repentance and a new life in Christ, they're telling you you can stay the way you are unchanged and Jesus accepts you just as you are unchanged. And they try to distort the message of the gospel. And that's what they do, distort it. Well, you know, Jesus, he hung around with the, you know, all the sinners and the prostitutes and the tax collectors and everybody that was considered terrible and evil of their day. And that is true. He did. He spent a lot of time with people in need of the gospel. But see, he never said, go ye therefore unchanged and live the way you are. He said, go and sin no more. Change your life. And see, that is the message that is gone today. We're no longer being asked to repent. We're no longer being asked to change. We want to hold on to our precious sin, and we want Jesus to celebrate our sin with us, which is a heresy. It's a heresy that is destroying the church like a cancer from within, Look no farther than some of the mainline churches in the United States today. Not all of them, but many of them. Many of them are celebrating the idea that we need to celebrate same-sex marriage. You know, Jesus would be all cool with this. Well, show me one verse that would state that. The Bible is full of condemnation of that kind of lifestyle. We believe that we should have free reign over ourselves, and Jesus must support it. Instead of conforming ourselves under the gospel. John the Baptist kept saying, repent, the Lord is at hand. Change your life, be baptized. Today, We want to say, Lord, I don't want to change. I love the way that I live, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. You need to conform to me. This is a very narcissistic faith. 
and you see it amplified sometimes. And and I and I'm I got to be careful in what I'm about to say here. I don't want it to be misunderstood. There are many of these, shall we say, contemporary contemporary churches. Not that contemporary music all is bad. Some of it's actually pretty good. But a lot of the preaching is getting very thin so they can keep people coming. And as somebody said, it's more like a Phil Collins concert or something. Or many of these contemporary Christian artists, some of their lifestyles and some of the things they're saying and doing are absolutely not scripturally based. It's become an entertainment venue with superstars. And I don't think the church was ever designed to be an entertainment venue with superstars. A multimedia show. And then a guy that has a message of reassurance, kind of like Dr. Phil. I'm not condemning Dr. Phil, but I'm just saying this is what the church is becoming in too many places. It's a service about me and what I want and how I feel. And if I don't feel good and you don't make me feel like I want to feel, I don't need to be here. I need to find another place to go or no place at all. Then you have a lot of these formerly stoic churches that are aging out and they have adopted social justice. A bunch of basically what you got is a bunch of baby boomers and former hippies that are members of churches that are aging out in their six, late 60s, 70s, and even 80s. And they got their social justice preacher or preacher at tickling their ears with what they want to hear. And somehow they believe if they just show up and they listen to this social justice garbage, pretending it's the gospel, when I die and if I've lived a good life, I'll go to heaven. Another heresy. And so the church is being destroyed from within. The church is being demolished. It is being ruined from within And we have so many Christians today that are so ignorant of God's word, they believe any wind of doctrine that comes their way. Now, I didn't think I'd be starting the program today almost in preacher mode. I I was going to save that for later. But it needs to be said. We have things that are creeping into the church and destroying it, like I say, like a cancer. And in many cases, this cancer in some of these churches has gone to the point of metastasizing to every aspect of that church, and it's going to kill it. They'll be spiritually dead. Read the book of Revelation, the seven churches in Revelation. Some of those churches lost the Holy Spirit. They lost their lampstand. They ceased to be churches, and that has happened all over the world today. These apostate churches that are preaching damnable, heretical doctrines and claiming to be orators of God. You've got the LGBTQ ideology, sometimes called queer theory, and it's getting into the churches. It needs to, you need to understand, they come into the church saying, just tolerate us, just accept us for who we are. We're we're just human beings, and we're just like you, 
we're we're born that way we have these feelings and they deny the ability of the holy spirit to sanctify these individuals cleanse them from their sins being born again by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the holy spirit they want the sin celebrated they do not want to be called to repentance and you see it happening in churches all over. And I'm beginning to even see it trying to creep into the Presbyterian Church of America, a generally conservative church. It's being pushed quietly into the Southern Baptist churches. It's already been in the Lutheran Church, you know, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the United Methodist Church. Presbyterian Church USA. I can go down a long list. You know, you know the list as well as I do. This ideology is eroding traditional family values. It's breaking down the family. And the church is afraid because we lose people and we can't afford to pay the bills. Of course, they're thinking in terms of their humanity. And we are the church. We run the church. It's really not Christ's church. It's our church. It's our belief. And we have a vote. (laughs) I love that. We need to get together to vote on this, to vote to allow same-sex marriage, to vote to allow this, that, or the other. Even if the scripture denies it, even if the scripture forbids it, we're going to do it anyway because we vote. The church is not a democracy. church is the living body of christ and christ is its head and christ doesn't care how you vote if you vote something that is in contradiction to the word of god your vote is meaningless it is worthless it is dangerous and so we've seen this corrosion within the church We have so many smaller churches that are Bible-believing that are going, Lord, how do we grow? How do we get this word out? And this is something that I need to be addressing more and more on this program. You know, right now, as many of you know, there are several things going on in my life. And by the way, I could use your prayers right now. This past week has been a physically difficult week for me. I'm still post-surgery, the first surgery, and I got another one coming up in January. And I, I have some of the same issues coming back even worse, but they were to be expected as possible. And it makes functioning daily difficult. And so I think that trip that I took last weekend to a church in Georgia was probably pushing the limits of what I should have been doing. But the thing is, the work had to be done. And so I pray that God will sustain me, allow me to do the things that need to be done, and ultimately that I may be healed sufficiently to continue in his work for the glory of of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his living body on this earth, the church. We face a lot of evil out there. And, And some of the evil, like I say, is obvious in some of these churches. But then I find certain stories that come out that really, really just break my heart. And I ran into one. You know, there are a lot of these 
I got I, I don't want to offend anybody, so please bear with me, okay? Please bear with me and don't read between the lines and and I'm not necessarily coming out against somebody uh, well, I am coming out with some of the things that have been said. There are a lot of these I call televangelist preachers that have been around for a long time. I can remember I can remember years and years ago watching some of the early television of some of these preachers and ministers. And some of them seemed a little bit over the top, but some of them had a very enticing message, even to myself back in the 70s and 80s and into the early 90s. There were some of these individuals that caught my attention. They sounded like they're making sense. But over time, I think the allure of money and fame and power becomes overwhelming to many of them, and their gospel begins to, shall we say, change. The message begins to become strange. I can think of several that, well, I know some that I first saw, like the Robert Tiltons of this world, they hit me as wrong from day one. Something did not feel right about him and a few others. And we find out they were frauds. One guy even had an earpiece you couldn't see and his wife behind the scenes looking at the little forms people filled out about what's wrong with them. And somehow the Holy Spirit is telling him to go see that man in row three. And do you have this illness? And the guy thinks that the Holy Spirit's talking to this fraud of a preacher. All to raise lots of money. There's one guy that I've seen over the years on television, and I haven't seen him in a long time. Years ago, he sounded legit, and then something just didn't feel right, and I stopped watching, and I just got away from all of those people. I just couldn't, something didn't feel right. And in this case, I ran across this little clip that somebody shared, and this guy's name is Rod Parsley, Rod Parsley. And, you know, he's one of those faith-healing, uh, all-knowing televangelists. And he made a statement in while raising money and promoting a book and some other material that he has out there. He made a statement to the audience that is also his television audience. And when I heard it, I'm going, people are so deceived that are Christians that are so not into God's word. They're into the words of these preachers and not into God's word. And this guy is not even really sharing God's word. He's sharing his book, his book over God's word. And and I listen, I want you to listen to exactly what he said. Like I say, this is not me. I'm going to let him do it in his own words. Rod Parsley when he tells his audience and his television audience the following. You ought to send a $40 gift or more right now to get that last message. Seven declarations from the cross. Do you know that Jesus never said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He never said it. Wow, you're quiet. Looks like I need to preach that again. Or you can just get the message. 
and I won't have to do it again. I prove to you that Jesus never said that. If Jesus, if the Father would have forsaken Jesus, Jesus could forsake you. And he cannot forsake you. If God turned his back on Jesus, Jesus can turn his back on you. And he will not. So he never said it. King James Version says he said it. But the King James Version is wrong. Now, that is very disturbing to me. What Rod Parsley just said. He said the King James Version got it wrong. Well, the truth is that I guess that every version got it wrong. I'm looking, you know, the King James Version points out that what Jesus said, you know, the Eli, Eli, Labas, Lathani, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You find that in the ASV, you find it in the AMP, you find it in the NIV, you find it in ESV, the NASB, you can go down. I'm looking at every known translation of the Bible that I can find, and I'm looking at about 40 of them or more, 50 of them. Everyone says, my God, my God, why hast thou or why have you forsaken me? So number one, it's not just the King James that got it wrong. It's the original text in the original language that was handed down and written by the apostles that got it wrong. You're saying, you're telling me, Rod Parsley, you're telling me that Matthew got it wrong. You're telling me that every apostle got it wrong. You're telling me that the psalmist who in prophecy in Psalm 22 verse 1 said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken or deserted me or abandoned me? You're making a mockery of the scripture. Why? To sell your book, to raise money. And people are falling for this because they have been not, they've not been raised in the faith. They've not been raised in the church. They don't spend any time in God's word. They don't spend any time in prayer. They spend their life on their fanny watching fools like this on television and believing every word his book says over the book that God gave us. This is a problem. We need a John the Baptist out there again saying, you brood of vipers, repent for the Lord is at hand. This is, I, I worry about this world. I worry about the churches that don't want to preach God's word. They want to preach, you know, Rod Parsley in this case is no different than the preacher at talking about same-sex marriage and we all need to get along and Jesus loves everybody and everything that we do. The church is being destroyed from within, not just with open sin, but by doing what St. Paul warned us about, that preaching something that you want to hear that makes you feel like you've been given a special revelation that nobody else has. The Bible warns against it too. People that are believing this nonsense from Rod Parsley and believing that God did, that Jesus never said those words. Rod Parsley is a liar. Rod Parsley is a fraud for saying that. He is denying the scripture. So Rod, if that is wrong, what else is wrong in the scripture? Come on, tell me. Apparently, you don't believe that verse is real, even though every 
every manuscript ever found, ever handed down over the centuries contains it. And it is also the prophecy given by the psalmist. You are denying the prophecy. You are denying the authority of Scripture. And that's a very dangerous place to be. But then again, we have the theological illiterate. They watch the television. They listen to these prosperity guys that can make your life better. Just sow a seed in my ministry and your life will be wonderful. The Bible never said that. But I know people that thoroughly believe that all I need to do is send some money to Rod Parsley or this guy or that guy or the, this woman over there with her book. And if I do that, if I sow in their ministry, I can be wealthy. I can have a new car. My life will be great. I might even win the lottery. You never know. We have people that are theologically illiterate running around this world today because of the phonies and the frauds and the wolves in sheep's clothing. Not just, not just those promoting open sin, but those that are denying the truth of what the scripture says and trying to rewrite the book so you'll buy it from them. Yeah, $40, I'll send you the message of the book is what he's saying. I don't... You know, I'm, I'm telling you something. I never will charge you. If I ever write a book or if I ever put together something written, I'll send it to anybody for free. If they want to send a, a, a gift to help a ministry, that's fine. But I would never put a price tag on anything. Yet today, it's become a cottage industry. Since the 1970s, increasingly a cottage industry. We have lost the true sense of worship. Worship is not about me, my feelings, my wants, my desires, and entertainment. I've probably said this a hundred times on this program. I have met people that will say, I went to church today and I got nothing out of it. I just didn't feel good when I left. Well, what did you put into it? Did you go there expecting to just be a spectator and be told how great you are and how great your life is going to be and the music moves me. And so many of today's new worship songs are so thin in their theology. They say nothing. They say nothing about repentance. They say nothing about the glory, the majesty, and the sovereignty of God and the fact that his son Jesus Christ came to redeem us from our sin, but it takes repentance on your part. And that's the part a lot of these churches today don't want to get into, repentance. They want to remain in their lifestyle and get all the benefits unrepentant. And the Bible is clear on that. Rod, Rod Parsley, does the Bible say that there'll be those that stand before him that day? Lord, we, we cast out demons in your, we did all this stuff in your name. And he goes, depart from me, you doers of evil. I never knew you. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. We have a hard time understanding what his mission and ministry really was. It, it's kind of hard to put that in the context of the 21st century. But he went out there reminding the world that it was sinful and carrying a load of sin. 
and we needed the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the perfect spotless Lamb of God. I'll share as we get toward Christmas or right after some thoughts on why Bethlehem was the chosen place for Jesus to come into this world to fulfill Scripture. But I really want you to understand, and like I say, I didn't expect to get into preacher mode this quick on the program today. I'm looking at a bunch of stories that I guess I'm not going to get to, like the 39 Republicans that decided to support the dishonor the marriage bill. For the moment, it looks like it'll be filibustered in the Senate. But then again, you never know. 39 Republicans that would go for a bill like that could make it pass a, quote, Republican-controlled House next year. It could happen. I'm not saying it will. But I'm saying marriage is under attack even from those you think are conservative. I don't trust politicians. And it's not that I'm a distrusting person. But I have been lied to by politicians on both sides of the aisle for many, many years. And so I'm, eh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I guess I'm distrusting. I, I guess I'm just being overly cautious. Because many that get into politics, like Liz Cheney, who voted for this abomination of an act, even my congressman in Florida, Brian Mast supported this, and I was deeply troubled. Daryl Issa in California. These are all held out to us as these great conservatives. Tom Rice, well, he's kind of, he's he's gone, but from South Carolina of all places. I'm looking at a lot of names, Mike Waltz in Florida. Even in New York State, Lee Zeldin, who's leaving the Congress and so many other names you'd recognize that thought nothing about supporting this bill to enshrine in law same-sex marriage. And as I said the other day on this program, what does the state have to do with an ordin- something ordained and given by God? When did they get involved to decide that they are now the church? Marriage historically has always come from a faith community, regardless of the, the the religion. It was never a man-made institution. But see, Satan wants to steal it too. God ordained the institution of marriage. Satan wants it back, and he wants to distort it. He wants to make a mockery of it. He wants to destroy its meaning and its purpose. He wants to dilute it where nobody cares anymore. That's the world in which we live. That's the world that that John the Baptist is, is calling into repentance then, and still that message is resonating today. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. His kingdom is at hand. Now I've got a few other things that I want to share. I, I went longer, way longer than I thought in this segment on this topic. I, I just... I was trying to even avoid getting into this, but I just feel that it was important that I do. We're reminded of that that old hymn, 
on Jordan's bank, the Baptist cry, announcing that the Lord is nigh. And that's really one of the reasons we do this radio program. We spend several days a week on this program talking about the news of the day and how it points us to the ultimate return of Jesus Christ. A lot of a lot of non-Christians listen to this program. And I, I know that I get people that mock me, and I really don't care. Go ahead. Do your give me give me your best shot. Send me an email. Tell me that I'm one of them Bible thumping weirdo conspiracy theorists. And then I'll share with you all the conspiracy theories that we've put on this radio program since it started in 2020 that turned out now to be well true. That's how this program rolls. I have been criticized for many of the things that I've said about the news and about where it was going to be laughed at and mocked. And guess what? I could care less. My job is to proclaim and give the message, not to make you feel good about yourself and not so much a political message. I'm getting to the point. I'll talk about this in a moment. We have to take the break. But I will tell you, by the way, I was so thrilled that we got everything working out at the last minute on yesterday's program to have uh, Jim Calhoun join me. And we're going to have to work out between his work schedule and my schedule and how we're going to make all these things come together. A lot of you have already emailed me and told me how much you enjoyed hearing him with me on the program. And I will tell you, I enjoyed it too. With what I'm going through health-wise, it made my life so much easier. So much easier. And so I I praise God and I thank God for, for what Jim has done, and I want you to pray for him. He's going through some difficult times. It's not easy in this world today. But God brought him into my pathway and me into his for a purpose and a reason. And he and I are going to work on some of these other radio projects. I have a couple of other people willing to, you know, do a few things for me. And and as much as I wanted all this done before the, you know, I, you know already up and running, I'm pushing it into right after the first of the year because just time and my recuperation. And even if it gets a little delayed beyond that because of my next surgery in January, we'll see. But there's some things that need to be done. And, and I... I want your prayers if you'll pray for me. If you believe in this ministry, I believe in shortwave radio, even though some will say it's a dying entity. Yeah, it probably is in many ways, but it's still important. It still has millions of radios sitting around the United States, billions across the world. People can use it. If you would consider supporting us with a financial gift to keep it on the air. I am not a paid employee. There is no paid employees at Truth to Ponder. If anything, my wife and I are deeply invested into the program. We'll probably never see it all back. But that's all right. It's what God has called me to do. It's funny, when you're not beholden to a sponsor, it makes it a lot easier to proclaim the truth. Yeah, I've thought about having sponsorship, but I don't know. I just resist it. But if you believe in this ministry, you can go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. That's truththenumber2ponder.com. There are ways to support us there through Give, Send, Go. And many of you have used that. And I'm just thankful that I have that resource to make it easier for those that can do it online. 
and it's a Christian organization to boot. Or if you prefer, if you prefer, you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. And the city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That is 24319. 24319. Your support as we are heading toward the end of this year is so important. And instead of just maintaining, I would love to expand the outreach on shortwave. And I think there's some ways it can be done. So keep us in your prayers and let us know that you are listening, whether by mail or by email. If you want to email me directly, it is bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. That is bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. And we'll be right back after this break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Somewhere else coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. You're receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. It says in the gospel, the Lord said, as when they came up to him, they said, everybody's looking for you. He said, let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so I can preach there also. The Lord wasn't content staying in the same place. He said, let's go somewhere else so I can preach there. The Lord knew there were there was new ground waiting. There were others who hadn't heard. The gospel has to always move forward. It can't stay the same. The Lord wasn't interested in being comfortable. He was interested in life and salvation. And life like the gospel has to always move, move forward. Messiah was always moving forward to new ground, new frontiers. So you who are his disciple have to also always be moving forward. God never called you to stay the same. He called you to be changing, always growing, always moving, just like the Spirit. God didn't call you to be comfortable. There's no great person in the Bible who became great choosing to be comfortable. We need to choose God over everything, even over our being comfortable and over being the same. See, God's on the move. You need to be on the move too. If you follow him, you're always going to be on the move. Your walk is never going to be dull. It's always going to be exciting. So you got to say, you know, I might be comfortable in this or that, but but I got to I have to move on. God has something better, something more, something deeper. Move forward, press on, keep going, get up and get moving. Don't fear the new, but embrace it because the Lord's on the move and you must go with them to somewhere else. Now, what if you can receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God, a six-month supply for free and more? You can with Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for a victorious life with God, updates on Israel and prophecy, the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD, all free, you'll love it. How do you get these free gifts? Easy, just remember the real name of Jesus, Yeshua, and that's it, you, you dial it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. They can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through Shoei Radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world, and it's the farthest way your life can ever imagine this. Impact the world for the Lord. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Write to the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I. L-O-D- 
Housing, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy box, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, press forward, press on, press through, my friend. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, Messiah, Yeshua Teno, our salvation. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder, this weekend edition. I'll admit to you right now, I never thought this program was going to go in the direction that it did. I had a few stories that we did share that I was prepared for, and I'm looking at all the stories I was going to share that I'm going to have to push off to another day. But there are times that this program is led not by me, not by you, but I really believe by the Holy Spirit at times that things that need to be said, that should be said, even though they're not popular, and, and I, I'm, I'm aware of that, that sometimes I will do what the Bible says. I will preach in season, out of season, which means when it's popular, when it's not. I'm going to share with you new stories, and, and I've gotten to the point. As the Bible says, they will mock you, they will abuse you, they will try to even take you to the courts and what have you. I don't care anymore. I just don't. If you think I'm some kind of a Bible-thumping idiot, feel free to send me an email if it makes you feel better. It's not going to hurt my feelings at all. Matter of fact, I consider it a badge of honor. So, go for it. The music in the background you're hearing is one that I remember from my childhood. One of those beautiful German Christmas carols, also very much an Advent hymn, Lo, How Rose Air Blooming. And it reminds us of how Jesus came into this world. Isaiah twas foretold it, this is the second verse, the rose I have in mind, with Mary we behold it, the virgin mother kind to show God's love aright she bore to them a savior when half spent was the night that hymn was written literally in the 1500s and the music to this day is one that I can remember so well as a child and it's part of my Christmas tradition and Advent tradition because we realize in Bethlehem, the city of David, that Jesus came into this world. And we realize that in two weeks from now, we're going to be celebrating that event as we celebrate Christmas. You know, the world was not really in tune with the true message that Jesus had when he first came. The Jewish people that had been looking for a a Messiah, were looking for an earthly ruler and king. They wanted the Romans out of their life. They wanted to be in charge again. And they were looking for an earthly Messiah to fix all of their ills. Guess what? That's one of the biggest problems we have in the church today among even many evangelical Bible-believing Christians who think that somehow we need to just fix the world today. The message of the gospel is not even as important as voting at a ballot box. 
getting the right candidates. Look, I can spend all day sharing with you stories about how our world is going to literally hell in a handbasket. They're out there. Look at the administration here in the United States, the Biden administration. My wife, just the other night, we're watching television and we're looking at some of these people currently serving in the Biden administration, Richard Levine, who goes by the name Rachel, and others. It seems you have to be either gay, transgender, or believe in some kind of strange ideology to be a member of his administration. And my wife said it looks like the circus came to town. When you look at some of these people and how they dress and how they act, these people are not normal. These people, I really believe, have given their life over to some demonic element to act and behave as bizarre as they do. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And those that will call upon his name and truly repent will be saved. Yet the distortion today from what I call, well, the Christian in name only church, you have this whole theology out there now that has worked its way into mainline denominations and even some of the evangelicals, and there's a group called the Church of the Left that are sharing all kinds of, shall I say, bizarre, bizarre thinking and and bizarre theology, and people are buying it, especially younger people, millennials, and, and those even younger than millennials are buying into this because their parents, the baby boomers, were terrible in sharing the good news of the gospel with their children. They didn't bring them to church. They let them out there in a sea of lions, so to speak, to be devoured. You know, I listened to this one young mother. She was in her 30s, later 30s, not that many years ago. And her children are a mess. I mean, they are, they're just a mess. And I, said, and, and I said, well, why do you go to church and your kids stay home? Oh, I let them choose if they want to go to church to not or not. And I said, do they get to choose if they're going to go to school or the doctor or the dentist? Well, well, of course not. Well, why the most important thing in your, their life are you being allowing them to make these decisions? You are the one that God said, raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and you've shirked your responsibility, you threw it away, and you're letting them onto their own demise. You'll be held accountable. There are parents Oh, they may go to church, but they, my, my children, they can choose for themselves. Fine. I guess they can choose to take drugs, drink, whatever else they want to do, not go to school, not brush their teeth, not bathe. I guess they can make all those important decisions too. And to think the most important thing in their life, an almighty God, you have got parents, both Gen Xers, and baby boomers in the past, and the current generation of millennial parents now that have that same attitude. And they wonder why their kids can be sucked into any wind of doctrine, any good-sounding philosophy, because they are lost at sea without a rudder. And you caused it to happen. 
Jesus came into this world to save sinners, to dispel the darkness. We find in the last stanza of that hymn, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming, it says this, O flower whose fragrance tender with sweetness fills the air, dispelling glorious splendor the darkness everywhere. True man, yet very God, from sin and death now save us and share our every load. Like I say, I didn't think I'd be in this kind of mode today. I had so many other stories I wanted to share, but maybe what I'm sharing today is something you have got to hear. Right now, I need your prayers more than I've ever needed them before for me physically and in other ways in my life as well. As many of you know, I've been facing a health problem and it's been getting better, but there are some days that it's getting worse. This has been the roughest week that I've had since that surgery and I I knew it was all possible, but it makes it really hard to do this radio program. It makes it really hard just to function in day-to-day life. And I just... I'm asking your prayers. We are very confident the surgery in January will relieve a lot of this and then real healing can begin. But it is getting really hard. And I think the trip that I took to help get the church launched down near Atlanta, well, it it triggered some things and it's making it very difficult. So would you just pray for me that that I can continue doing this program and especially after the next surgery, that I can then be able to, to grow this ministry. And that's why I come to you for prayer and support. Just know that I appreciate everything that all of you do. Now, I want to share one little story, and then I'm going to try to tie it all together. To give you an idea of where the, the latest Generation Z is at in some of their theology and even some late millennials, and why we need to be proclaiming the gospel and not hiding behind inside of our four walls or or staying at home. We need to say, Lord, empower us, show us the way to share the good news because there is real strangeness out there perverting the gospel as, well, the powers of hell have been doing since the beginning of time. Here's a very leftist Christian who belongs to what he calls the Christian left making a very unusual statement, only last a few seconds. I'm going to analyze it, then we're going to tie it all together. Just a friendly reminder that the only sexual organs that God has described as having is a womb in the book of Job. So either God is a woman or God is a trans man. If you are not grounded In God's word, this kind of theological nonsense becomes accepted theology, accepted teaching. It already is in many mainline churches. They have abandoned the truth once delivered, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are now preaching another gospel. They're preaching celebration of sin. And then parents that refuse to take their children and raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And what is the end result of all of this? What you're looking at in this sin-filled world today full of fear, 
full of this weirdness. And it seems the weirder you are, the more accepted the world will be of you. Preach holiness, preach righteousness, preach salvation, preach repentance, and the world will hate and despise you. I know that building churches today is going to be a difficult task. I am going to do what I can, regardless of my health. The urgency is that intense to be prepared. I want to close the program. Well, not quite close it, but I want to share something. This is a young family. And these are the kids. These are the teenagers and the little youngsters. And when you think it's a difficult battle for us to fight, yeah, it is. I cannot fight this nonsense on my own. I cannot fight it in my own power. I don't have it within me. I can only fight it by the power of the Holy Spirit and God's anointing upon me and the words that I share. Because, see, the battle is not mine. And this is what sometimes we forget. Don't worry. You keep fighting. Because as this song, sung by these youngsters and praise God for them, the battle is not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. young voices 
singing a song so powerful. The battle is not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. I know many of us that walk in faith, it's so easy to be discouraged when you look at what the world is offering, even what some churches have descended to. Yeah, abandoning the gospel, no longer preaching repentance and salvation, no longer preaching the truth of God's word, distorting it, adapting it, trying to make it fit what they want to be. Like I said, preaching another gospel which is not the gospel, St. Paul says, from such turn away, shun them, they are an anathema, they're to be ignored. And one church at a time, every day, every week, it seems falls into that trap, and they age out and they cease proclaiming the truth. Or some, they they grow quickly because they're entertaining. They make you feel good. But where is the repentance? Where is the change of life? We're just not seeing the evidence that we once saw. And I know it's so easy to be discouraged. Look, there are times that I get discouraged. I really do. I've been in ordained ministry for over 25 years. I have seen the underbelly of the church. I have fought hard. I have watched things not work out the way I would hope. But I just keep doing what I'm doing, proclaiming the good news. We are almost at Christmas. The time that we say, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. We are grafted onto that tree, those that belong to Christ. Our lives can be changed if you believe upon his holy, wonderful, and righteous name. Christmas is more than a babe born in Bethlehem. Christmas, it's the defining point of history where God sends his son in the flesh to die on the cross to redeem us from our sin. The world will continue to deteriorate. The church, the great falling away, will continue unabated. But we don't quit. We keep pressing on. Because the battle is not ours, the battle belongs to the Lord. Now, if you believe in this ministry, would you please consider supporting it? If you can, you can do it from our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, or you can mail a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. Zip code is 24319. That zip code again, 24319. Until next week, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.